You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning, one and all. Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, welcoming yes. you to another broadcast. Yes. yes. Also known as the under, 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 <laughs> under gardener. <laughs> that's right. Gardener yes. in training. That's that's exactly right. Charlie, I thought well, I'd point that I'm, out. <laughs> yeah, I've been sitting here whining to Charlie about my cold that never seems to go away. But, you know, that, whatever the heck it is, it's been going around. Everybody's got it, apparently. Or at least a lot of friend, my friends yeah. seem to have it. Some kind well, like yeah. a chest thing. Yeah, yeah. And and it just you just can't shake it. I know what's yeah. the problem. Once those things get down uh, into the chest, they stay there. And that's yeah, yeah. where that mustard, mustard plaster, plaster comes I can, in. I can I can smell <laughs> that coming up. I can. Yeah, all right. Anyway, uh, we'd love to have you uh, to chat with Charlie. Okay, uh, and here are the numbers to reach her here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra goes this way, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know, who is our operator, and mm-hmm. he'll pass the word along to me, and I'll reach for my bell when you get to the air. And there you go. At your garden wings. That's right. Yeah. That, that very first special. Caller. First time callers oh, are super, absolutely, super welcomed. We, we love <laughs> yeah. hearing from people we've never heard from before. And remember, you don't have to just ask questions. You yeah. don't have to just call up because something's wrong. Yeah. Feel free to call up if something's right. Yeah. Say hey. Guess what success I've had with my roses this year, or whatever. Or yeah. amaryllis is something that's mm-hmm. been on people's minds. You know, Marilyn was just uh, yeah. uh, finished up her show, and on her way out, she always likes to pick my brains for <laughs> a couple little tips, and and uh, she's got some amaryllis bulbs that she's uh, growing, yeah, and uh, telling me about the size of the leaves, etc. Actually, I have I think it's five, five pots okay. with five big fat juicy bulbs oh. inside each pot, and. Four of them have flower stems coming up, so they're mm. not blooming yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I got those bulbs from a company called Flower Bulbs Are Us. That's right. I remember that. Remember, yeah. Carol- Caroline DeVries was mm-hmm. here. Caroline DeVries. Um, so, yes, top quality flower bulbs. Beautiful. They're so, you know, size matters when yeah, it comes yeah. to bulbs. The bigger Big, the bulb, fat, juicy. Mm-hmm. the bigger the flowers, the yeah. more flowers, you know. that. And so, you know, spend that extra couple of dollars. Get top premium bulbs and mm-hmm. you'll just have that much better of flowers and and good soil to uh, well in a, yeah. in a in a pot of course we're using potting soil right right it's okay it's super important no you remember garden soil is for the garden and potting soil is for, the, for pots. the pots don't ever mix them up <laughs> okay <laughs> doesn't work <laughs> do you have some announcements you want um, to pass along a couple along? of quick okay. ones yeah i did hear from the scarborough garden <clears throat> excuse me garden and horticultural society mm-hmm. they are having their very first uh, meeting of the year 
It's free. It's open to everyone. It is this Wednesday, January the 9th, at the Scarborough Village Recreation Center, which is 3600 Kingston Road at Markham Road. The speaker is Wendy Woodworth. She is a heritage horticulturist working at Spadina Historic House and Gardens. Her topic is Historic Gardens of Spadina House, or Spadina House, but I'm pretty sure... Spadina. You're right. Yeah, it's pronounced Mm -hmm. Spadina House. Refreshments, of course, are included. Everyone is welcome. Doors open at 7 p.m. And if you're feeling a little gloomy with this gray mm-hmm. weather, yeah. temperatures are mild. It is really nice to be outside. It's not super cold. It is going to get cold earlier in the week after the weekend. So getting outside to the Royal Botanical Gardens or the Toronto Botanical Gardens, if you can find an hour or so, do so. You know, there's some beautiful yeah. displays in both areas, obviously. Great time to be seeing wildlife. Mm-hmm. I love seeing all the little footprints when we have snow. <laughs> we have we have our uh, garbage bin, you know, we have a bin to put the garbage and stuff yeah, in. Yeah, we have a box. Recyclable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I went out the other morning, and there was obviously a rabbit or two uh, run and but in circles he was just going in circles all these little footprints oh, so yeah. darn cute yeah i know it's so cute you're going hmm, what yeah were they what's doing? that but they it, were no, dancing a, i bet <laughs> there you go <laughs> practicing some kind yeah. of you know jazz doing number. the bunny hop exactly uh, okay there you go you couldn't resist that um, <laughs> um right so just yeah like i said world botanical gardens toronto botanical gardens you know, I was out in Prince Edward County yesterday, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's to me at this time of year, because there's no leaves and you can really see the wildlife. You can, The hawks, uh-huh. when they're up flying and they're oh. obviously hunting. And, yeah, looking um, for the mice. That's right. And, of course, the mice are running in circles trying to <laughs> get, get, away from, get away from the hawks. So, yeah, lots going on. And so definitely, you know, let us know if what, what you're seeing out, out your window. Um, feeding birds, right? Yeah, yeah love, exactly. I'm a big you bird are, feeder. You are a, a birdologist. <laughs> is there such a word? I, that's good. I that's about what up. I am as a birdologist, actually. <laughs> okay. We'll come back and uh, have a chat, actually, with Sandra from Etobicoke here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie. I've already promoted the fact that we're going to Sandra in Etobicoke, so let's go there. Hi, Sandra. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good Happy morning. New Year. Thank you. You Thank too. You. And sorry about your cold. I've got it too. Oh, have you seen? It's going around. It really has. Oh, way to share, um, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> My question is, I was given some bulbs for Christmas there. Um, tulips, hyacinths, alums, oh, really? and they're starting to sprout. And what do oh. I do to keep them until I can put them in the ground? Mm-hmm. Wow, you were given bulbs, like just a bag of bulbs? Well, it's a box. It's a box uh, of mixed bulbs. Interesting. Wow. Yes, I know. Well, they're not a gardener. The person that gave them to me is not a gardener. They know I am, and I guess they thought it was a nice gift. <laughs> yeah, in Christmas. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. Too bad they didn't give them to you, like, pre-Christmas. <laughs> All I right, know, so this is... I've got them in a cool place at the moment. Mm. I, I, I keep my dahlia bulbs, and there's a crawl space that we keep them in the peat moss, and I've got them up there. But should I be putting them in peat moss? No. Uh, well, okay, so the box, is it like 100 bulbs in the box, or 25, or...? It's about 75. 
right. And they're in little packets because there's different types. Hmm. Okay, this is a challenge. And the packets are aerated. Uh, And I can see that a few of them are starting to sprout. Right. And they're sprouting because they've obviously been kept in a warm temperature. Perhaps your friend had them, you know, at room temperature. And, of course, they're going to sprout, and they're going to sprout leaves. They're not going to sprout flowers unless they've been subjected to a sufficiently cool uh, period of te- cool temperatures. What about putting them in the freezer? I can say, what about if cold. I put them in the fridge? I've got a little bar fridge downstairs if I put them in there. Yeah, but and what will happen, though, and you can, you, by putting them in the fr- fridge, that will be like winter for them. Mm-hmm. But they will start to grow, and the first thing they'll start to grow is roots. So if you're going to put them in the fridge, what, optimally what you would do is you would pot them up. And, of course, 75 bulbs is a lot of, yeah. a lot of pots. Yes, I, have, I don't have space. <laughs> no, not for that many bulbs, and even in a bar fridge. Mm. Um, yeah, this is a bit of a challenge. And the ground is going to be just, it's not going to be possible to... No. to uh, Pickaxe. That's about the. Well, I don't know. Yeah, then. you're in a tobacco. Have you tr- have you tried to maybe consider? You know, even if you can just get them under the surface of the soil, like get out there with a shovel or a pickaxe or something. Yeah, <laughs> just drop them outside, and then at least you can move them the next spring after they've done their growing and blooming and things. Put them in a proper location. I'm just afraid you're going to lose them. See, well, that, that's what I was yeah. worried about. I mean, if I put them in. In a planter, they're going to freeze. Yeah, it's if I too cool. Them yeah, no, you have to get them underground or at least refrigerator temperatures. Um, hmm, what a conundrum. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, yeah, even if you took all those packages and you stuck them in the fridge, they are going to start to grow in the packages. That's the thing. When, 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 you see, that's how we, we force bulbs. And we are getting to that time of year. You know, now that it's January, it's mm-hmm. often like a housewarming gift or a, a hostess mm-hmm. gift to walk in with a little pot full of blooming daffodils or blooming hyacinths because they have been forced. They've been tricked yeah. to think that winter's already happened now it's spring by the growers who refrigerate them for right. long, long periods. Could I do that then and, and force some for the house, put them in yeah. pots? Exactly. Uh, and maybe that would be your best bet. Look, look closely and decide which ones you really want to keep. And okay. those are the ones that, that I would make the effort to force. Pot them up in potting soil. You can fill each pot full of bulbs. Like, um, And, you know, actually, one thing I've done is... And this might even work for you. In a fairly large pot, mm-hmm. you know, deeper pot, 10 inch around, maybe 10 inches tall, you can layer bulbs. Oh. So I've done that mm. where you put the big bulbs at the bottom, so your tulips, daffodils at the very bottom of the pot, and as you work, and then a layer of soil, potting soil, you, as you work your way up, you just get to the tiny, tiny ones up on the top. So it's your little crocuses or, or snowdrops, whatever's in that mix, go in the, the top layer. But you can end up with a good four or five layers of bulbs, and you can just put them in there like tight 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 touching none of this worrying about you know, you know don't let them touch them, yeah. like mm-hmm. we do out in the ground in a pot you, you bang them in really really very very cozy so that would be a way I and I did that with a pot one year and I buried the pot outside underground and then in the spring I just lifted the pot up washed off the mud stuck it at my front door and it was beautiful it bloomed for six seven weeks because it just waves yeah. of different things kept happening things you know kept I'm, I'm just up. thinking of our forecast I 
think we're going to get snow on, on Monday. Monday. It's going to get cold. So if if you got the chance to even try with trying to get into the ground, or uh, go the big pot route yeah. and if, and take all your shelves out of your bar fridge and just get a pot that'll fit into that oh, fridge, like that a, size yeah, yeah. pot, and then just get every bulb into that pot that you can, mm. big on the bottom, yeah. small on the top. Gee, and, Sandra, let us know how that how you yeah, come along yeah. with that. Okay, okay, yeah. that's a really so interesting. If, if I do the pot, yeah. can I then plant them in the garden? Uh, next year, like mm-hmm. next spring, summer, they will bloom, and of course, you'll let them. You'll enjoy the blooms. Let them you'll die down. let the green leaves die down. That's a good six-week process, and at that point, any time from that point forward, right through till next fall, you get them in the ground. Do not try and force them twice; it won't work. You have to go out into the ground with them, and okay, feel free that. to fertilize after they've bloomed next spring, just to maximize the the fattening up of the bulbs for spring. 2020. Okay, after they've bloomed. Yeah. Okay. Yep. okay, I'm going to try that. All right, wow. let us know. Yeah. Take pictures. <laughs> yeah, always that'd so be a good idea. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Thanks, Sandra. Sandra. Boy, uh, there's, a, there's a very interesting problem uh, to know, deal with. at this time and, of year. Because uh, yeah. you hate to just say compost them. Yeah, but, no. But they will be composted yeah, if they're not planted. Yeah. They just will not, they won't work. And we have taken quite a bit of time with that call. So what we're going to do is take another little break here okay. and then come back and say hi to Nancy in Burlington. I'll remind you of the phone numbers, my friends. In Toronto, 416. 416- 6360740 anywhere else in the province it is toll free 18667404740 Frank and Charlie back in a moment Don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round This is the garden show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio And here we are back again uh, saying hi to Nancy in Burlington Good morning Nancy Good morning, um, uh, Charlie, and uh, uh, I'm talking about my lawn, and I know it's uh, a, a kind of a ridiculous topic. In the, in it's the great, January, go ahead. Yeah. But I know that you get busy, so I thought, I'm going to talk to you now, so I, I've got a bit of a plan. Uh, the uh, raccoons found the grubs. Uh-huh. Oh, little devils. And past uh, fall. they ripped up a, a huge section of, of the lawn. Mm. Um I'm, I assume that I'm going to have to rake off um, all of the um, sod because it's it's just impossible to put it back because they, they are so destructive. Right. They just tore it to shreds, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, if the skunks do it, you can put, usually put it back. It's a neat little uh, incision they make in the lawn. <laughs> Unlike the raccoons. Raccoons can be, if it's new sod, I've seen them roll it up. Oh, the <laughs> so every, yeah. every morning you go back and you roll your sod back down, <laughs> yeah. put it back in place, and every night they roll it up, get it out of the way. So, yeah, um, I know. The, uh, I, and I didn't realize that... Uh, that I had the uh, the grubs, of course, until I looked out and saw that I had lost a fair chunk of my yard. Destruction. Yeah, that's exactly mm. how it happens often. That's how we learn that we've got an infestation. The uh, the varmints smell or hear or somehow mm. figure out I that the grubs are there. I don't know what they've got to have awfully good ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure exactly how they... they it might be smell. But, uh, okay, so bottom line... You are right. You pro- you are going to have to do a fair amount of lawn care, lawn repair in the spring. 
But don't try and do it too early in the spring because the way it works with the grubs is that they were chewing away on the roots of your of your lawn and then the weather started to um, get cooler and the days started to get shorter and the grubs know that. And what they do is they go down and basically hibernate for the winter down below the frost line. So they you know work their way down through the soil. Um, they can grow go as deep as you know a foot a three feet down to get below mm-hmm. frost line to survive the winter. Then again, they know somehow that the days are getting longer and the soil is warming up. So they wake up and start working their way back up to the top and carry on eating. So they are bigger in the spring than they are in the fall. They've grown and they're uh, and all this going up and down makes them quite quite tough. Their skin is is much more toughened by moving through all that soil. Um, they're very difficult to kill, and the raccoons will find them even more scrumptious in the spring than they found them in the fall. So be prepared that the that whatever repair you do initially could be destroyed by more raccoons or the same raccoons coming back to carry on eating. So you may have to wait right up until as late as late May or early June before you can do a proper complete repair job. So that's the raking, raking of all the dead stuff, because I'm sure there will be dead um, bits and pieces all over the place, leveling, grading, making sure that everything's nice and ready to go, and then it's either seeding or sodding to replace the, the destroyed turf. Now, I've, I assume that some of the uh, grubs will still uh, be uh, be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe that um, that we'll get rid of them all. Well, they do. What happens? Part of their life cycle, they will move on. So grubs are just larvae of what become beetles. Yeah. So the those larvae will uh, pupate, so they become like a little cocoon. And typically, the the that happens depending on what kind of spring we're having. That will happen typically mid May. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. So so they become now completely um, fast asleep inside their little little you know. Yeah. Cupa cases, no eating going on. Um, raccoons don't pay any attention to them because they're, they're just not active anymore. And when they emerge, they are beetles and they fly away. Yeah. And they go and chew on trees. They stop chewing on roots. So that's what that's kind of your your time. Once they've pupated, now you can fix your lawn. So uh, when do I um, put? Um the uh, grub, um, what's the word I want? The yeah. nematodes. The nematodes. Well, the, definitely, on principle, every August, you should be treating your lawn in early to mid-August, following the instructions on the package, with the nematode mm-hmm. eggs, and they okay. will help control any grubs that are new in the lawn that yeah. season. There are some nematodes that you can purchase, I've heard, for use in the spring. So leave that with me while I'm going to just look that up. The place that typically is kind of the smartest place I find in Ontario for purchasing any kind of grubs or very natural insect control um, products is a company called just that, Natural Insect Control in St. Catharines. So, uh, and they, they are online and you can purchase on web or by phone call and they'll ship to you what it is you're purchasing. So let me report back on whether there is a... Sp- I've heard that, but I'm not positive about a 
spring treatment. Mm-hmm. If there is, you should definitely use it. Charlie, okay. if, if I, if I, I really may. I appreciate that. Thank you. If no I may, worries. Charlie, may I suggest, for, for the benefit of maybe uh, relatively new gardeners out there, we're saying nematodes. Can you describe what nematodes are? Well, would to, you like to? You well, are the king of I, nematodes. <laughs> oh, I put my foot in it, didn't I? Well, they're little wee little guys that you get from garden garden stores. Uh, and really, uh, they, you purchase and you take them home. They're cold. They're refrigerated. You put them in the fridge until you're ready to use them. Oh, geez, I'm not doing well with well, this. Well, they're at eggs. All. They're actually they're eggs. Yeah. When you pur- it's like they're um, embedded on a sponge, so you can't yeah. even see. And you just paid forty dollars for a little tiny piece of sponge that apparently has thousands of hundreds of thousands of <laughs> eggs on it. See, you're doing so much better than that. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you you hook it hook it all up to the hose and or a watering and, can and yeah. watering can yeah and boom those little tiny almost minuscule oh, little guys they're yeah. so tiny but they go in the lawn and they wind up getting the, uh, the grubs in they find and, the grubs yeah. another a common name for nematodes are wire worms ah yes so a nematode looks like a piece of hair so that, that they are very very just like mm. one little piece of hair you know that skinny and they're long and they move around they move really quickly actually but they do need certain conditions so make sure that if you are going to treat any area on your property yeah. with these nematodes follow the instructions to the T nematodes travel in water so it's got to be a moist soil and they will apply in water yeah. at the same time all right but I'll let you know if there's a spring control there there might not be it might just be a fall or late summer uh, nematode control uh, for the grubs and in the meantime it'll just be repair 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 right. <laughs> okay for a lot of us I appreciate that well okay. thank you Nancy thanks thank for your you. call and a happy new year to you yeah. uh, all from all the gang here at am 740 as a look at our monitor I oh uh, not a call oh my <laughs> not, goodness but that that happens very very uh, seldomly here that's right. on the garden show so even Grab if you want these opportunities. <laughs> yes, this is a good time to call. <laughs> call early, call and, often. Yeah, One question sure. per caller. And I'll remind folks of the phone number, uh, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. And anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, <laughs> I wonder if our friend Rick up there in White River is listening in. Gee, it's been some time yeah, since we touched uh, I think touch it's bases. mild up there today. I was oh, here, really? Yeah, even... Um, Thunder Bay right now, it's close to zero. So, but of course, there's some really cold weather coming. But I do get email. Uh, Often we don't get Mm -hmm. to email on the show because we've got callers lined up and we sure don't want to just keep them hanging on hold forever. But I can dig down into my pile here. Uh, One of my more recent email was this, yeah, it was this past week from Jim Turner. His question, my lilac bush has grown quite rapidly, and I want to cut it back into a ball. I don't recommend that you ever make a bush into a ball, but whatever. So I am wondering if I can cut it while it's dormant. If not, when is the best time to trim it back from Jim? So great question. I love these kinds of questions because it really brings up some important points. Number one is shaping plants into unnatural forms. And the natural form of a lilac is the shape of a vase mm-hmm. or the letter V. So narrow at the bottom, uh, wider at the top. If possible, allow a lilac to achieve its natural form. Trimming it into a ball, maybe there's a reason. You know, maybe you're starting a theme park and you're making, you know, ball-shaped yeah. plants, and that's possible. But generally, I wouldn't try it, particularly with a deciduous plant, to make it uh, a ball. But whatever. 
When to trim? Not now. <laughs> you know why? You go out and start trimming your lilacs right now, you will have no flowers this spring. Oh. Because remember, early flowering plants, like lilacs, have their flower buds on them now. Those flower buds form in late summer, early fall, and those buds sit there all winter. And as soon as things warm up and days get longer and everything starts to grow... Those flower buds open. So any trimming on a lilac now, you kiss goodbye your spring flowers. When is the best time to ever, ever spring uh, um, prune any flowering plant? Right after it blooms. So let this, this lilac bloom, if you can, this spring, yeah. and then do whatever pruning you want after it blooms. So when is that? It might be May. It might be June. Depends what kind of spring we're having. Mm. But, um, but yeah, go to town. After the plant flowers. Excellent. Okay. okay. Well, Norma in St. Catharines heard her plea and is on the line with us right now. Good morning, uh, Norma. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. And happy New Year to the both of you. Thank you. Thank you. I you received two boxed amaryllis bulbs mm-hmm. oh, for yeah. Christmas. Yep. The first one was okay. When I opened the second one, it, 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 the stem was already eight inches long yeah. with, oh. the, with the bud on the end. Nice. But it curved around the box. Right. So and I planted it, thinking good. it may straighten out. If you know, with the putting it to the light. Mm. Well, now it, it's starting to wither. Oh. Do I cut that off or just leave it? Um. So <clears throat> the flowers did not open. No. So the it's just hanging there. So it's it just, just more or less lost all its strength now. Uh, which is a bit unusual. Um, okay, so you you potted it up, you put it in lots of sunshine, yes. you watered once, and yes. you haven't overwatered, have you? No, I haven't. Okay, good, because that is the one way that we can kill our bulbs is too yes. much water, they will rot. So what I would do, if I were you, is I would let it be. Keep it in that sunny spot. Do not water, of course, until it's dry. Mm-hmm. Um, if the flower doesn't make it and it just continues to wither, that I would expect if the bulb is alive, if it's got you know any kind of vigor... I've got lots of leaves, and I've got right. a new stem coming up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, but it was just that one I was wondering about. Is that going to take the strength? No, no. It is long, no, not at all. It, if if there's any green left on that, what is dying flower stem? Allow it to continue to be attached to the plant as long as there's any green on it. Because okay. remember, green tissue can photosynthesize, which okay. will fatten up the bulb and give strength to the plant rather than taking away. Okay. But once that is completely withered or completely yellow or just obviously, you know, unsightly, get out your scissors and cut cut out that, that whole messy stem. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Norma. You have a good day. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. So you, Pleasant sounding, eh? Yes. You know what that reminds me of? Um, you know, you can see that. The bulb and it's growing in the box yeah. and of course the, the stem hits the, the box yeah, and starts, starts going around. Right one year, many, many years ago, I gave my father an amaryllis bulb for Christmas, yeah. and I didn't pot it up for him. I just gave him this bulb, and I thought, he's going to love this, and he'll do something with it. But as it turned out, he didn't. <laughs> uh, he stuck it in his underwear drawer, and, ah. and I went back to university. <laughs> and a number of weeks later, I came back to visit my parents, and I was hanging out. My mom was putting away some laundry, and she opened my dad's <laughs> underwear drawer, and there's an amaryllis blooming in the drawer. Drawer. And it was so funny, like it had gone round and round inside the drawer, and it was merrily 
perking along there with nice big blooms. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That's quite a mental picture. You're I know. It was, it was so crazy. My dad like, so oblivious. Like, didn't even see, like, recognize this was happening. And I was like, oh, I oh. learned something. Never, ever, ever give anybody a bulb without potting it up for them because uh, they, they have a tendency to just stick. Like, if that's, I gave you a naked amaryllis bulb, yep. that's what you would do. You'd stick it in a, uh, probably. a drawer somewhere yeah, yeah. and forget about it. And, but Shirley would get a hold of it and she'd pot it up for you. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's That's a great story. But they, they, all that energy's in there, right? That bulb yeah. is ready to go. Amaryllis yeah. are, and they grow very quickly. <laughs> well, uh, listen for more exciting adventures in the world of Charlie and gardening uh, momentarily. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here because we've got Eva on the line from Seaforth, whom we'll chat with in just a couple of moments here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's take a little trip uh, to a spot that would maybe, oh, I don't know, 20... 20 miles, maybe, uh, kind of east of Bayfield, the Lake Huron area, Seaforth, Ontario. There's Eva. Hey, Eva, good morning. Good morning and Happy New Year for both of you. Good morning, you too. Um, I'm living between Godridge and and Stratford, right, in the smack in the middle. Oh, (laughs) nice. Beautiful part of the province. It's a very nice place, but I have to drive to get somewhere. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Anyway, I moved here about two years ago, and I'm trying to organize my garden. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking of planting some bushes in the back as a border. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking of getting the privet. Uh-huh. And that I had quite a few years ago, and I fell in love with it. But I don't know how tall is it going to grow. Do you want? Are you doing this for privacy purposes? Yes. So privet is very commonly used as a hedging plant, okay. uh, and we um, grow privet hedges. You can. Um, what's the tallest I've ever seen a privet? Where you live, uh, it would take a number of years, but you can get that plant. You know, with training, with proper pruning over a period of years, uh, five feet, six feet tall, but no taller than that. Oh, okay. If okay. you wanted a taller hedge, I would go with cedar. Of course. Unfortunately, the cedar is drawing in the bees, and I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, the cedar provides a nice cool shade, and a lot of insects like hanging out in the cool shade on a hot sunny day. Um, so I'm not going to get the shade because the sun is coming up at the corner of the garden, mm-hmm. and the right corner, and goes over to the front mm-hmm. of the left corner. So my house is right in the middle. And uh, I'm going to get all the sun on the backyard except towards my house. Right. And so what's at the back of your yard? Is it just somebody else's house that you're trying to... Somebody else's house is the ugly fence. Oh, Oh boy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, ugly fences are the worst. Or rusty garages, things like that. Just got to cover it. Um, Okay, so privet wouldn't be the first best choice because it's not going to give you the height you're looking for. Yeah, I'm probably going to plant it on the sides Mm -hmm. because the two neighbors, between the two neighbors. Yeah, that can work. And of course... But on the back, I don't know what to do. Um, maybe would you consider something like lilac? Lilacs will give you some height and obviously some beautiful flowers. See, when I was living in Innisfil, I had a problem with lilacs. Mm. They didn't flower. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm. For years. Oh. 
for years. I mean, I was living in Innisfil for 20 years, and I only get flowers maybe in the last six, seven years. Oh, really? And even then, it was just like some came out, some didn't, and it was (laughs) very messy. (laughs) Okay, well, and there are different kinds of lilacs, for sure. We get into some of the hybrid lilacs. They're called the French lilacs. They're all grafted, and they can be a little bit um, inconsistent with their blooming, but a comp, just a regular old common lilac is mm-hmm. that's the kind of lilac that mm-hmm. were planted on, on the farm properties yeah. and yeah. of course here we are 100 years later and it's like a mat it's like a forest of <laughs> 20 foot you know lilacs because yeah. they just happily spread and sucker and grow up off the root and you mm-hmm. know you've got literally a huge huge clump yeah that's a good idea um, and mm-hmm. so it can, if you have a big enough property I mean it can be a nice way to just like, yeah, let, I let it do its 60, thing 60 by 100 yeah so but make sure you you're looking at a common lilac for something like that. Okay. Um, otherwise, smoke bush is a, a nice gets nice height and of course gets cool flowers. They look like smoke oh. in uh, oh, yeah? summer. I've uh, never heard that from before. Yeah, smoke tree or smoke bush. Proper name is Cotinus. C O T I N U S. Cotinus. Okay. Or cotinus. Cotinus, okay. Cotinus is the Latin for smoke bush. They can give you some nice heights. They'll easily go to 20 feet tall and they come and with. Are they fast growing? Yep, they're fast growing. You get oh. purple leaves, golden leaves, or green leaves. And um, they have flowers. Yep, and they, they're neat. The flowers are neat. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that comes to mind would be willow. Willow is always a fast growing, like pussy willows, something like that. That'll give you some. But can be a bit invasive. So, you know, be one of those things that you want to control them. But they will grow, shoot, they'll grow immediately. Or a year easily, mm. and and it just be not a trimming flowers, right? Well, I know you get the little pussies, you know, yes, the little right, fuzzy yeah. in the spring, and of course, great mm-hmm. for for cutting. Mm-hmm. But the, there are flowers after that; they're just not what we would call showy flowers. They're what yes, we call inconspicuous right. flowers. Yeah, the smoky bushes sounds good. Yeah, thank well, good you luck very on much. That. Right. Advice. Let okay. us know how that works out. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Eva. Bye for now. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Yeah. Oh, and you know something? We've got a first-time caller on the line. Oh, yes. look at you. You I get know. some exercise for a change. I know. I'm <laughs> reaching for that bell right now. Hey, Excellent. Pat, that's for you in Newmarket. Good morning and welcome to the show. Hi. Um, we had a red uh, pear tree in our yard, and the wind blew it down. We were going to uh, dig out the root, but we put a little fence around it, and it grew back up, bigger mm-hmm. than ever, mm-hmm. but it became a quince tree. Right. Oh. <clears throat> And the quince was huge, like big oranges or grapefruits, and I gave them all away because I don't eat quince. I didn't know what it was. (laughs) So anyway, that was fine. So I told told this lady she could have them again the next year, Mm -hmm. which was the summer gone. So they came back again about the size of a golf ball, and they were growing and growing. I went out there one day. There wasn't a quince left on that tree. There was nothing on the ground. Where did they go? What the heck? And they're hard, too. They're like golf balls. All right, just to take one step backward, your pear didn't become a a quince. Yes. The pear was grafted onto quince rootstock. Yes. So just what happened when, when the ice storm or whatever caused you to lose the top part of the plant, which was the pear, all that happened was that the root survived and grew, and of course the root always was a quince. Yeah. Pears are very typically grafted onto quince. Oh. They don't grow on their own roots. They grow on quince roots. So that's where the quince came from. Who would have stolen all those quince? Hmm. I don't know. Like I don't think anything would eat them, because I don't think there's an animal that likes them that they're that hard. I know. I've never had them removed off of my shrubs. Uh, bur- I mean, after the winter, some, well, they kind of shrivel is up. There, is there not a, uh, like a jam or something that's made yeah, of quince? Yeah, quince jelly. Yeah, yeah quince jelly. Yeah. Um, yes, and 
preserves and stuff like uh-huh. that. This lady loved them. She took every one of them. And I told her she could have them again this summer gone. And they but disappeared. They huh. went. Wow. Well, I mean, a raccoon comes to mind because, that, you know, they who knows what they'll eat. Um, they're not particularly picky. They'll eat anything. I don't but think they, they could have climbed that tree. Yeah, yeah. No, it was about seven feet high. It was a, a great big tree again. It was beautiful. Yeah. They were a little bit bigger than a golf ball, and they were coming along great. Hmm. I went out there the next day, and there wasn't a one. Is it on the oh, front well, somebody, of your property, yeah. by any mm. chance? Pardon me? Is it on your front garden? Could it have been, like, somebody in the middle of the night oh, with no, a flashlight? No, no. Oh. we wouldn't even know it was there. It was behind the house. Okay, oh, at the oh, back. Okay. Yep. Got well, to. that's a mystery. I do not know. That's where you need one of those motion-detected cameras Ooh, to, uh, yeah. you know. No, we don't. We have vision. light. But I looked all over the ground, all over the yard. Yeah. There wasn't a Quinston site. Huh. They were gone. So I'm looking. Uh, yeah, see like birds this would year. peck at them. I think they're too big them. for birds. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah, never yeah. gonna. They would just peck. Yeah. And they and quince are prickly. Like there's good yeah. thorns on a quince. Yeah. So any animal climbing is gonna, you know, has to be yeah. super careful. I don't even. The only thing could get up there would be a little bit treacherous. Would be a squirrel. Yeah. Because the branches were too uh, light. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And of course, squirrels are, take a bite and then toss yeah. it over their shoulder. Like, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Like they do with the apples. Like, yeah. oh yeah, this is great. Take up one bite and toss. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to see what happens again this year. I just yeah, thought you yeah. might have an idea. I don't think there's an animal out there that would have done that. Yeah. Well, keep, keep in touch with us, Pat, and let us know if you do get more yeah, cause there are, fruit on the There country. is like nature... Um, Literally, outdoor cameras that you can set up that are mm-hmm. that will do that motion detected. Who pinched my quince? Yeah, exactly. Mm. You just set it up and you just have it running all the time and you, you check it. Right <laughs> well, in the morning. I was waiting for it to come back as a pear tree, but it didn't happen. No, it's never going to come back as a pear tree. <laughs> no. If you want a pear tree, you're going to have to buy another It'd pear. It'd be a long wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks, thanks for your call. Thank you. Interesting problem I, there. I know. So, I, I love your idea, though, of, of uh, putting a camera out there and well, seeing if you can somebody or something. Yeah, well, if anybody's listening has any idea who might who who's the culprit who's, yeah, who's the yeah. quince thief out there hmm. uh, give us a call because i'm i'm stumped on that one <laughs> okay what, what's stealing the quince in newmarket another problem uh you're like on overnight. the garden show by the way uh, lines are open right now 416-360-0740 and anywhere in the uh, province it is toll free 1-866-744-740 must take a little bit of a break now but Charlie and I shall return momentarily. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, let's say hi to a first-time caller, Charlie. Excellent. Yep. This is for Janice in St. Catharines. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hi, Charlie. I have a question for you. Uh, my friend uh, is a first-time pruner uh, of roses, and he keeps talking about pruning his roses back in the winter, and I'm, I don't know anything about pruning. And can you please tell me when a good time is to prune roses and when it isn't? 
Um, so it depends what kind of roses, but generally speaking, all roses, we will do sometimes a little bit of pruning in the fall if they're very tall and they're going to fling themselves around in the wind and either damage them, the canes by, you know, banging up against the wall or themselves or people trying to get past on a walkway. So we'll sometimes trim a little bit back in the fall, but we do our, our real proper radical uh, hard pruning in the spring so that's early spring when the buds are just starting to fatten up so depending on when spring hits it could be march it could be april could be may uh, but we often will prune very very hard like take the plant right back particularly in the case of the grafted the the tea roses for example okay because you know the weather is so mild right now Mm. he's talking about going out there and pruning now and i told him i didn't think that was a good idea no, I wouldn't do it now for a couple of reasons. One is you you are wounding the plant when you do the pruning. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with wounding as long as the plant can heal the wound. It is January. Plants aren't healing anything. They are should be fast asleep. They should be just left alone. Let them be asleep. We've got lots of winter still to get through. When we do our hard pruning in that early spring when the buds are just starting to fatten up, the plant starts to, it's very invigorating to be pruned like that, so it'll start to grow very quickly, and the wounds heal very quickly because we've got dry sunshine, you know, all that Mm -hmm. those cut open wounds that we've caused with our pruners heals up very quickly, and of course all kinds of new growth starts to grow because of all that pruning we've done, and we feed at the same time. So I would not recommend rose pruning now. If your friend really wants to get pruning. Fruit trees are something we do prune in the winter. If anybody's got, maybe that's what he's getting it confused with too, is because roses and apples are the same family, he might be thinking it's a good idea. But no, usually like late January, early February, we can get out there and start doing some pretty serious pruning on our fruit trees, but not our roses just yet. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. And, And Norm, I love listening to you on the radio. Oh, there you go. There you are. Thank Isn't you. Nice? Thanks, Janice. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a little hard, uh, hard time hearing you, but thank oh. you very much. I enjoy uh, your show, and I lo- love Zoomer Radio. Thank you. Thank you thank very you. much. Janice in St. Catharines. Well, isn't that nice? And if you do have difficulty hearing or there's too mm. much information, because sometimes I do tend to give too much information, you can always listen to the podcast. That's right. Always go back into the archives. This show will be in the podcast. Probably Wednesday um, or Thursday. Yeah, by Wednesday yeah. usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, be right there in the lineup. And, of course, all the podcasts for over 10 years of The Garden Show yep. are Just there. Just go to our main page, yep. go uh, Zoomer AM740. That's right. Go to um, podcast. go to The Garden Show, pick a date. There, there there's go. the whole show. Yep. We're re-listening, or re-listable, re-listenable, <laughs> oh, replaying. <laughs> that <Whatever>. too. <laughs> okay, let's stop right there. Hey, Marie in Zephyr, welcome oh, nice. to the Garden Show. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Happy New Year, Charlie and Frank. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Um, I know it's untimely, but it's the sweet peas. Mm-hmm. I grow them, mm-hmm. beautiful for about two weeks. Oh. And then they just seem to die off on the top. Hmm. And then no more flowers come. They just die down, down. It's well, two weeks the limit of flowers. No, no they, should, they should go all summer. So you grow them from seed usually? I grow them from seed and I plant them in the house first. Okay. About February. Oh. And then I put them out because they like the cool. Right. And... Um, you know, by July, they're in flower. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful for a couple of weeks. Huh. And every year, the same thing happens. I'm disappointed. Huh. Well, so there's no. something going on there. Well, okay, number one, I probably wouldn't start them as early as February. I'd, I'd 
put that off a little later because once they start to grow, they really do grow. Of course, sweet peas are something we can direct seed right outside. Um, as soon as the ground is thawed, really, mm-hmm. you can scatter sweet pea seeds and just Middle let... of May. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's just a question of when yeah. spring arrives. It could even be April if it's a you know mild or March, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a mild spring. Mm-hmm. So far, it's been a very mild winter. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be inclined to direct seed them, and that way you don't have to transplant. Well, my ground is heavy here, uh-huh. yeah. and I find that I have more success with them if I plant them inside first. Right. And I plant them at my birthday, which is the Oh, I see. 29th of February. Oh, right, so right at the end. Okay. <laughs> and when you take them outside, you put them into the ground as opposed to into pot? Right into the ground, yeah. Would you consider maybe trying them in a pot with potting soil? Because it could be just that, like you say, that heavy clay, it's poorly drained clay, soil yeah. uh, will, is what's killing them. Because they do okay. not want to sit in a super, like a spot that stays moist all the time, and they want lots and lots of sun and well-drained soil. Maybe a big... Clay pot might be the way to, to keep those going through for the summer. Well, I'll try that then. Oh, good idea. Let us know. Thanks kindly. Uh, in advance, uh, Marie, may I wish you a happy uh, leap uh, year baby on the 29th, February 29th, right? Yes. So that means you're about 12. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. My next-door neighbor is yeah. a leap year baby, too. They're neat, eh? Yeah, I think oh. he's 11 now. Okay. <laughs> Golly, oh, I'm just looking at the clock. We've got to Oh, we've got it. mere seconds. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for calling, Marie. And uh, what's going on your uh, well, back this afternoon? Yeah, one to three thirty, and, and then uh, BBSN. Yeah, I'm, oh, I, I love doing that show. I really, really do. And, What's uh, BBSN? Big Band Sunday night there from seven is. to eleven. And Everybody's invited. And you're yeah, you're there, eh? You're the, the conductor. I am the conductor. <laughs> <laughs> the big bands are all yeah. listening to you. Tell them what to do, when to play it, exactly when to come yeah. in, when to go out. <laughs> that's good. So that's fun. You you like doing I, that? Eh? Oh, no, I love it. I love the show. I really yeah. do. Good for you. Okay, Charlie. Congratulations. Well, bless your heart. We get a scoot. We do. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Sebastian. And thanks to our great callers. We'll be back again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.